The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, we're fucking doing it, all right? Hey friends and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. My name's Riggs. I didn't say that in the intro because I was too busy being loud. And I'm here with Addy. What's going on, mate? Everything's okay. Everything's good? Everything's good? Ready for Morb? I'm, so, I'm sorry, Eddie, for Morbid Time. <laughs> oh, Morbid Time. And you saw it for the first time last night, yeah? I did. And 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 according to Letterboxd, you like this more than anybody else has ever liked this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Addy is the only person, apart from Jared Leto, who gave this more than three stars on Letterboxd. I don't know if Jared Leto's on Letterboxd. That was just a joke, but still. I, I did. Yeah, it's that's the thing. That was the challenge, folks. I wanted to do something that was, because we're a positive show, we don't talk about things we don't like, um, for the most part. Uh, we don't do episodes on it, that's for sure. Not anymore, anyway. And um, I wanted to talk about this because I think it's really misunderstood. Um, I think it's a... Uh, uh, there's this strange sort of cultural mandate, this societal understanding that fucking Morbius sucks. Morbius sucks a dick off. It's shitty. And like it just people uh, have it in their head and all the memes and, and, and you know, the, the silliness around it and all that stuff and the weird how it came out and how it was delayed and all that stuff. I think it's kind of people just go in thinking, well, this is going to be shit. I think it's one of those movies that's, on the borderline of so bad it's good but there's also some interesting shit going on there's some cool stuff and and we'll get into it um but before we do that how are you what's been going on tell me things i'm doing okay i've been traveling a little in like small parts of the city for work yeah. working on the one thing that only you know about uh <laughs> that, that you're now a gigolo you're a male gigolo no he's an american gigolo but um <laughs> Richard Gere or John Bernthal, whichever one you like. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? American Gigolo was a, a, a Paul Schreider film in the 80s that starred Richard Gere and then they remade it as a TV series with John Bernthal like two years ago. It's really good. It's about a, 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 a um, male prostitute who um, is sort of involved in a, uh, like he gets framed for a murder and goes to prison and stuff. Anyway, Fuck yeah. that has nothing to do with anything. So you're going around the city and doing what? Uh, just uh, looking at spots I can take good pictures in. Ah, very cool, very cool. If you don't um, don't follow Addy as himself on Instagram, um, he's got some beautiful photography up. You should have a look. You live in a very beautiful country, so. Um, and and is that all? What else we've been doing? Any cinema visits? Oh yeah, like a ton. Yeah. What's what's where'd you go and what'd you do and what'd you see? Well, we get into that. And what are we watching? I want to know how are you doing, man. Let me tell you. You probably don't know, folks, because me and Addy recorded our last two episodes uh, before New Year's. Uh, you might be able to tell from the way that we're speaking on those, but they were released um, uh, at the beginning of February. We're going to a fortnightly schedule 
So on the first and the fifteenth, you'll get you'll get new episodes. It also gives us the opportunity to record episodes in advance, so that we're never lagging behind. So Morbius, this episode, you you won't hear until um, uh, the beginning of March, uh, but we're recording it at the beginning of February, which means that some of our news stories might be a little bit outdated. But whatever the fuck, you want to talk about it anyway. We've got to talk about some special shit today. Um, but yeah, because we recorded just before New Year's, some of you might know because you spoke to me on Instagram, but just regular fans of the show won't know. I was incredibly ill um after new year's not from drinking and stuff but um uh just after new year's i, I started feeling a bit fluey fluey phlegm and uh fuck it got really bad like i was in bad shape i still haven't got all my hearing back i've still got a cough you might hear occasionally i'll try and cut them out but um but yeah i'm just fucking happy to be here honestly talking morbius i could talk morbius every single episode for the rest of our careers that's how happy i am to be back on my feet and healthy so thank you so much for tuning in we really do appreciate you i hope you enjoy this episode of morbius it's going to be a bit silly um but to to do the thing that we do shall we talk about what are we watching we shall we shall what are we watching? That was a bit rough because my voice isn't great. <coughs> what are we watching? I don't know. I watched a fucking heap of shit in <laughs> in the month. In a month time, I what like as of last night. I think I've watched forty one movies this year already because I was laid up for so long, and that's really all I could do. I tried to watch Hannibal as well, the TV series. But it was fucking like oppressively dark. And I'm like, I can't be watching this stuff while I'm only eating grapes. Um, anyway, I've got a few things, but I, I want to hear what you went and saw at the cinema. Because I haven't been to the cinema yet this year, which is fucking weird. Damn. Well, yeah. you go first because I'm like 20 films behind you. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to talk about stuff that was recent. So I've got some tea here, right? And you can see this. You know how I always have problem with my tea? Like I get my microphone in the tea because it's a cup this is a little keep cup right and it's fantastic i got it as a gift for for a shoot that i did Ooh. and um from the from the the uh producers and directors and stuff and it's got like a airtight lid and stuff but it's also a thermosy thing so my tea stays hot sorry you enjoy these little things as you get older <laughs> this is really cool I used to want all these amazing things out of my life I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and I'm going to you know change the world and make movies and it's going to be amazing and say all this stuff now I just want a fucking cup that keeps my shit warm um, anyway what have I been watching let me have a look at my little list here um, yeah heaps and heaps of really good stuff um, but I think for today what I'd like to talk about um, is a couple of things one was a, a film called The Wolf of Snow Hollow it's sort of like a horror comedy um, that I really enjoyed. Uh, I think I saw something on Instafuck about uh, about it, you know, it, 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 it's goings on. It's also the last film that Robert Forrester was in, um, who I love. He was in Jackie Brown. Um, and it's directed by Jim Cummings, who also plays the lead role of John Marshall. And it's just about this small, snowy town, um, you know, in the middle of nowhere with a very small population. And a wolf starts killing motherfuckers. And uh, but not how you think, and it's also a, a comedy as well, which was really fun. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, I watched uh, Bridge on the River Kwai and Doctor Zhivago while I was ill because they're both three-hour-long movies, and I love David Lean, and they're just they're just fantastic. Doctor Zhivago in particular is is incredible. 
um omar sharif like what a what a remarkable talent that man was um me and my fiance uh just as i was starting to get better we watched um uh, stanley tucci's search for italy which is the series where stanley tucci um who is of italian descent uh, goes over to italy and um just you know has a look at regional food and makes stuff and eats stuff and it was it was just bliss um so i think uh if and when we get married we might go to italy i think we have to take stanley tucci with us though but that's okay um and then the other night uh i saw the trailer for um oh what's the what the punch one it's punch movie it's punch the movie. it's roundhouse kick the movie roadhouse okay <laughs> that was so, that was a chain that it was all of my thoughts are at the moment um yeah, so uh, uh, Doug Lyman has remade Roadhouse with Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Roadhouse was a 1980s movie um, starring Patrick Swayze. It's got this kind of weird cult following to it. Um, and the trailer looks baller. Look, it looks really good. I like, I like Jake a lot. Um, and I like Doug Lyman's work as well. But we'll get into that in news because some shit's gone down with Amazon about that. But more importantly, I saw that trailer and I was like, yeah, I'm watch a bit of Jake Gyllenhaal tonight. So I put on Southpaw, the boxing movie that he was in. And that is a boxing movie only in as much as that there's like three boxing sec- uh, sections of that movie. It is like a full-on drama. Um, and it's absolutely brutal. Uh, just, yeah, incredible performances all around. It didn't get the, the, the notoriety it did because it's a genre film. It's a, it's a sports movie, but it really is a powerful drama. Forrest Whitaker is out fucking standing in that. Fitty Cent. Spitty sense in it, Curtis Jackson. Um, yeah, really love that. And the night after that, um, uh, my uh, fiance was was uh, talking about watching a movie or something, and we were listening to music while I was making dinner. And a Australian band called Powderfinger came on, and it was this one particular song. Um, and I was like, "Oh, this is a song from the end of Two Hands, which is an Australian-made crime movie starring Heath Ledger." It was sort of what got him notoriety really like i think he'd done a couple of things in the states and then you know doing this was sort of his big breakout and it's just it's just a pitch perfect australian crime drama and it was sort of the progenitor of all that as well we ended up making heaps after that dirty deeds the hard way like it was just the beginning of something huge animal kingdom which would then go on to be remade as a u.s series um and we became synonymous with 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 crime drama and and you know like shows like underbelly um which is about the the organized crime in, in australia particularly in melbourne um i'm not a huge fan of that show but it, it, it definitely came from this place so if you haven't seen two hands out of all the films that i just uh, told you that i'd seen i recommend go and check that one young heath ledger young rose Byrne, um fantastic brian brown as well um just yeah exceptional exceptional movie so there was you know 30 seven other movies i watched last month but i'm not going to talk about it. i'm going to let you tell me what you went and saw i started the year with little women because i had to mm-hmm. i i had a feeling and i had to and it has probably taken over a stars one for me um really holy <sighs> shit but i'm not i'm not i'm not in the headspace to admit that right now <laughs> Bradley Cooper just woke up like startled like <laughs> and he doesn't know why and it's because you no longer have that as your favorite movie. Have you seen Maestro yet though? I haven't. Okay, that's fine. Maybe that'll change. And just So Little Women's new top. Yeah. Hope yeah. But if that's if that's number 1 then it's either 
it's either tied with Stars Born or Stars Born is a, is number two. Okay. Well, they might jostle for position as well. Like my my after number one, my top five change depending on how I'm feeling. The the other thing uh, is the other your Dune and Tenant are your other favorite movies. Yes. Uh, shit. Yeah. I, th- I think so. Although the list that you're going behind is complete fucking bullshit. Never believe that. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll take you. All right. All right. Already. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, let me just ask you then, what will happen when Dune 2 comes out? I. Uh, that's why I haven't said anything because I'm waiting for mm. that shit to hit. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we'll just walk without rhythm and you won't attract the worm. Um, <laughs> oh my God, that's a good Fat Boy one. Slim. Fat Boy Slim. The weapon of choice song is about Dune. Anyway, uh, so Little Women and you love it. Um, yes, I, I, I've i loved it ever since I watched it the first time. It's just there, there are parts of the film that hit different on different occasions. And then I watched their Aquaman The Lost Kingdom. <laughs> Oh, I must know. Tommy uh, was talking to me about the other day. Tommy from the podcast, the Sample Podcast, um, and he was saying, uh, "Like that's it's it's really good. Uh, oh, it's not really good, but it's better than Morbius." I'm like, "That's that's low hanging fruit." Um, and I said, "How was it?" And he sent me a link to his and DL's episode on it, and I hadn't listened to it because I'd, I'd missed everything all January, but I haven't listened to it yet. So you you, you tell me how you feel. Right, so I've listened to that episode, so I'm not going to spoil shit for you. Okay, good. Okay, good. It's a fucking good podcast. I love those guys. Hell yeah. Um, so this one makes the first one look like a masterpiece, which is... It makes the first one look like a masterpiece. Yeah, which is saying okay. something because I went to the first Aquaman movie not like pretty sure of not liking it because mm. it, had, it had an underwater nation uh, that was high-tech and it was about a, it was about a man man trying to become king, and Black Panther did that already, but way too well. Mm. And then you yeah. and then there was like a fucking kraken fight at the end of it. I'm like, this is the shit, man. I, I went. To, Isn't the kraken voiced by Julie Andrews? I don't. Or is that something else? I don't. I don't know. But you might be right. Don't know. I'm probably yeah. I'm, I'm maybe I'm getting confused. Anyway. So, Aquaman the Lost Kingdom is, without a doubt, a pure study of how the DCU just died. Mm. Like, it is... That's it, the last one, isn't it, technically? That's that's the last one, and then we get Superman Legacy next year, which I'm not going to fucking watch, which is a lie. But I will not admit <laughs> it. <laughs> I was about to say, horseshit. Of course you're going to fucking watch it. If for no other reason than so we can do an episode on it. Uh, but... It might be incredible. Like you don't. There's no way you can't tell, man. Like I know that you're a, a died in the wool Havel fan. Did you see the trailer for the? Um, I did. Uh, League of League of Ungentlemanly Warfare or whatever that yep. is. Fuck. That looks good. That was a good movie. Yeah. Society system. What is it? There's something of ungentlemanly warfare. I don't know. The testicles. Okay. Um. Yeah, right. So, but if you were to give Aquaman a, I didn't, I didn't see you uh, rated on Letterbox. What, what's your Letterbox rating for it? It's, out of five, it's three and a half stars because oh well, just Patrick, uh, Patrick Williams, Wilson, Wilson, fuck me, sorry, who plays Orm? 
Yes. He's all right. He doesn't. He doesn't listen to the show, don't we? Do you, Patrick? Are you listening? <laughs> yes. I don't know why he sounds like that. What um, about him? He's so good. He is so good in that movie, and with all the shit that was going on, because you know this this movie was supposed to have all the Justice League members from the DCEU, and it was supposed okay. to be the coming back of or the homecoming, I, I guess, of uh, Ben Affleck again. Because you remember, like um, last year when we when we recorded the the boys episode, there was this picture of Jason Momoa and Ben Affleck going around, which was on the set of this film. Sure, okay. I don't remember that, but I, I take your word for it. But, yeah. So none of that had happened, and this then becomes the last film of this universe. But James Wan is also so good. Like, with the amount of bullshit that this movie just throws at you, his, his mastery of just making this movie work in ways that you wouldn't have imagined, just, it's He's really good. And I hope he doesn't do a superhero movie again. The, the thing about Juan, and he's such a great director of action. He's got such a kinetic style. If you look at, Looking back at the DCEU and, and you know, who, who worked on it, you know, it was Zach and Patty Jenkins and um, Gunn and uh, the guy who did the first Suicide Squad, David Ayer, um, and James Wan. There's a real footprint oh definitely in a way that i feel like yeah marvel marvel lost that after phase one like it just they started becoming but they they had a uniformity that worked for them and whatever but and everyone was kind of tied to zach's vision of it but then as that kind of got further away you saw a little bit more um attitude i think the flash is the only one that sort of just looks like everything else well it doesn't look like anything it just looks like plasticine Uh, shout out to the we hate movies boys who did a live show on that yesterday that i that i tuned into fucking hysterical like they do a worst of at the beginning of the year and it wasn't in the list i'm like are you fucking kidding me and then like a day later they they announced this live show so i chimed in yesterday while i was doing some work and i was fucking gut punched new york legends those guys anyway uh yeah so but but i mean as far as ending that goes as far as ending dcu goes are you like okay that's that's a nice that's a nice cap off the rank Uh, sorry that's a nice cap on the whole thing not, not really, because it ends with Aquaman saying, I'm Aquaman, and then he like does some cool fucking shit, apparently. Does he look at the camera? He, he He's directly looking into the camera and says, I'm Aquaman. So like Iron Man. That's, that's kind of what they were going for, but I would, I, would, I would give A for effort and also for consistency, because that's how the first one ends, but it's just more heroic. In the gold and spinning the thing and all that Fuck kind of yeah, stuff. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, man. Aquaman's a good character. I like Aquaman a lot. Yeah, I just hope Jason Momoa doesn't play him. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it seems like from what they announced and, and, and where they're going and stuff, I mean, Hawkgirl and Supergirl been, has been recast, is going to be in Superman Legacy or whatever. Um, we'll talk about that in, in the... Um, nerd news. In the nerd news. But the it seems like they're staying away from... Some characters like there's no plans for Wonder Woman at the moment, as far as I understand. With with um in in the Gunniverse, um sure someone said that before. If not, copyright. Uh, and Aquaman, not so much. Flash, not so much. Like they're going with it's sort of more like Justice Society characters, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it seems like Supergirl is going to be or Superwoman, whatever version of it is, 
is going to be the the sort of the main female protagonist in in this whatever this series is which is i assume leading to some big thing which is which is what everybody wants to do um but yeah pretty cool i'll have to check it out when it comes out on on on, um streaming or something anything else that you watched yeah i just i have three other things i want to talk about because one of them is horseshit and the other two are actual like direct directorial debuts okay i'm gonna shut up and let you just talk about it so okay first of all i watched jaws it was fucking amazing i loved every single minute of it and i didn't i didn't fucking blink for the last 20 minutes that's how amazing it was. I do have to say something about this because me and Addy were back and forth and he's like, should I watch Jaws? And I was like, should you watch? Who do you think you're asking? You know, that's like going up to the Pope and going, hey, um, should I believe in Jesus? He's going to go. No, suck my dick. Um, <laughs> the Pope. The Pope says that or you say that to the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's pretty ballsy. Like I, I, I like your style there. Um, no, I was just he got yeah. C. No, he's not. He wouldn't say C. He's not. He's not Spanish. What would he say? I don't know. He would be like, yes, you believe in the Jesus. Um, <laughs> oh my God, we were talking about Jaws. Anyway, I'm so happy that you saw it. I'm also extraordinarily jealous you got to watch it for the first time, um, because. I would give anything to, to to be able to watch that for the first time again because I don't remember the first time I saw it. I don't remember not knowing about Jaws, you know. So, but yeah, we'll have to do an episode on it sometime in the future. Yeah, just that that was an experience, and I'm glad I did it. And I'm also glad I waited this long because I know how much you love it. It's the best. It's just the best movie ever. Um, okay, sorry. Uh, so Jaws, fantastic. I'm so glad you saw it. What else did you see? So I watched I watched Good Grief, which is the directorial debut of Dan Levy. He's a writer, director of that film. Oh God, this man knows how to fucking break me. I cannot. It's a, it's a film about dealing with grief, dealing with pain, dealing with love, and dealing with someone passing away. And it is I didn't I didn't fucking know what this was, and it it blew me the fuck away. Wow, that's that's high praise. I mean, he's a wonderful writer and fantastic performer. You know, Schitt's Creek is the perfect example of that, but. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check this out. Is it on something? Or um, what did you? You know what? Don't tell me what you watched it on. You fucking pirate! <laughs> don't don't pirate. keep saying that. Addy be pirate in movies. Fucking shameless. Um, it's on Netflix or something, is it? Yeah, it's a Netflix original. Yeah, you'd think it would be because Shit's Creek was a Netflix thing. Yeah, right on. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna check that out. And I watched, I watched uh, Surf. <laughs> Surf. That doesn't sound like a very good movie. I watched Self-Reliance, which is the directorial debut of Jake Johnson. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, from um, Safety Not Guaranteed and uh, that other show. New Girl. Deschanel. That one. Um, it's in them, one of them Jurassic Park pictures. Yeah, cool. How was it? Oh, it was, it was so much fun. It's it's one of the it was one of the most fun things I've watched this year. It's easy, it's easier to say it right now. Um, all right, so another so with all that greatness comes bullshit, which is uh, whatever the fuck Bohemian Rhapsody was. No, you're gonna hurt some feelings. People love that movie. I can't I can't understand why. You can't understand why people liked it? Yeah, because I'm not a Queen fan. 
I'm not a I'm not a Freddie Mercury fan. I knew each and every song that they played. Fucking sure in the film. The only reason why this film is talked about is the last twenty minutes, which is a shot for shot remake of the Live Aid telecast. There was there was so much wrong. <laughs> they they tried to put it in a bow by the end of it. And they tried to what? They tried to like tie a bow on it in like a pretty oh, right. pretty <laughs> way. <laughs> You tried to put your beautiful accent, but it, it, like I love your accent so much, but I sound like you said they tried to put him in a boat. <laughs> like, what? What What do you mean they're in a boat? I don't remember that part. Yeah, uh, yeah. so they tried to pie a, tie a bow on it, as in um, tried to make it have a happy ending. Is that what you mean? Yeah, and it fucking sucks because from all, from what I've heard and from what I've like read in articles and seen in interviews... Freddie Mercury was a very joyful and soulful person, and they paint him in a very they paint they paint him in an opposite way, but they paint the band in that way, mm. which it which is where you start start to see like because the band's still alive, and so and it was also made by someone who would do that shit. So, uh, yeah, well, famously, yeah. Brian Singer was was removed from this production after he stopped turning up to set, um, and he was replaced by Dexter Fletcher, who would then go on to make what I think is a superior film based on another British pop star, uh, Rocket Man, um, which I loved uh, because it's a proper musical and it's you know like and and uh, like Taron Egerton versus um, Rami Malek, fucking forget about it, mate. That's not even a match. My understanding is that Bohemian Rhapsody, in terms of timelines and stuff, is is very inaccurate as well. Um, just as what happened, it's it's very dramatized, it's very Americanized. I feel like if Dexter Fletcher had been in control of it at the beginning, it might have been, you know, something different. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't have anything against the guy, but I don't think Remy Malik is a very good actor. He won an Academy Award for that performance, um, and it is strong. But I'm very aware that he's acting. Um, Absolutely, is, you know, not, not not the best thing ever. Um, I just rewatched the Transporter films for whatever reason, um, and uh, uh, I'm it's Jason Statham's like that. Like I'm very aware that he's acting, um, and that just just pulls me out of things. So yeah, sorry folks, neither of us like Bohemian Rhapsody. We just lost a bunch of listeners. So that, I, that, that movie is beloved. I don't care. I also watched. I also watch X2 and X1 Last Stand, and I love X1 Last Stand for all the reasons that is Beast. And the the the, the end where, um, you know, Wolverine has to kill Jean. Like, that's pretty strong. Oh, yeah. Directed by another piece of shit. I know. Who are all these pieces of shit, like, all over the X-Men franchise. God damn it. What I are know. you going to do? Get Hannibal Lecter to direct the fucking MCU version? Fucking hell. It's like, it's like that's the thing, right? We might not get those versions of their, of their characters because showing those exact versions of those characters might also mean that they might have to pay royalties to a certain person they don't want to be associated with. Maybe it'd be more likely to writers than anything. Well, you might have to get a producing credit. I don't really know how it works, but like, I think it's a bait and switch anyway. It's like, hey, these exist in the universe, but when we end up doing it in in this one, like in the the, the uh, Earth nine 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 or whatever the fuck it is, like the Prime MCU verse, uh, I reckon it's just going to be a recast sort of situation. Um, oh yeah. But uh, but anyway, fuck all that noise. Do you want to do? Let's do some nerd 
news! I love so much that you know what the fuck I'm talking about when I just am completely ludicrous. The nerd news, this is as of February 3rd, even though you are listening to this in March, my friends. Henry Cavill's new director uh, wants to make a movie of Superman Red Sun, um, which is a, a comic book uh, where in which Superman landed in Russia as opposed to the US, and he became, you know, a villain, basically, a totalitarian dictator. Um, and uh, Matthew Vaughan is his new director for Argyle, the film that comes out shortly. Uh, I thought Red Sudden was one of the cleverest comics I'd ever read, and I think we learn more about Russia and Russian history. Wow, could you imagine remaking Red Sun with Henry Cavill? Yes, I can, and do it. Um, fucking someone tag James Gunn in that as if he's going to comment. But, uh, yeah, I'd watch the shit out of that. Henry Cavill's a great villain. Fucking, um, Mission Impossible Fallout. Then you can have the mustache. You get a super stash. I think people would eat that up, honestly. Like, if you do an Elseworlds story, why can't you? I mean, they're doing, you're doing the Joker. You're doing Matt Reeves' Batman. All this stuff lives outside of the Gunniverse. Just do it. I, I hate that. I hate that with my entire core of Henry Cavill playing the Red Sun because it and it has nothing to do with like Matthew Wan. I think he's a great uh, director. It is too soon. Great? <laughs> I don't know if he's great. He's 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 all right. <laughs> I can I can have my opinion. <laughs> I was like first class is like are all right and then those fucking Kingsman movies are absolutely batshit. Wow. They're, they're bananas, those movies. They That's... are absolutely bananas. You're talking to a Wes Anderson head. Of course I love the yeah, fucking okay. movies. Yeah, okay. I mean, that it, they kind of are like Wes Anderson action movies. Yeah, you're totally right. Anyway, sorry. So, no Red Sun for you. Yeah, because it's too fucking soon. Also, if you're if you're okay with Elseworlds stories with Henry Cavill in a cape, why can't we get Man of Steel 2? But yeah. Oh, look at the smile on your face when you said that. That was amazing. Or alternatively, wait 10 years and cast Henry Cavill as fucking Omni-Man in a Invincible live-action picture. This is what I was talking about before. Uh, director of Jake Gyllenhaal's Roadhouse remake has decided to boycott the movie's uh, official premiere. Um, according to the column published in Deadline, Doug Lyman, a director of Roadhouse, uh, revealed that he's boycotting the premiere. Uh, when Roadhouse opens at the uh, SXSW Film Festival, I won't be attending. That's South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, my plan uh, is a silent protest against Amazon's decision to stream the movie. So stream a movie so clearly made for the big screen. But Amazon is hurting way more than just me and my film. Um, if I don't speak up about Amazon, who will? When Amazon bought MGM, they announced that they would put a billion dollars into theatrical motion pictures, releasing at least 12 a year. They toted the largest commitment to cinemas... Uh, by an internet uh, to cinemas to buy an internet company uh, I signed on to make a theatrical motion picture for MGM Amazon bought MGM Amazon said they uh, make a great film and we'll see what happens uh, we made a smash hit Amazon's words not mine 
Um, and uh, it's, you know, groundbreaking action. Jake Gyllenhaal gives a career-defining performance. Uh, contrary to public statements, Amazon has no interest in supporting cinemas. Amazon will exclusively stream Roadhouse on Amazon Prime. Amazon has asked me and the film community to trust them and their public statements about supporting cinemas, and they've turned around and are using Roadhouse to sell plumbing fixtures. If they don't put tentpole movies in movie theaters, there won't be movie theaters in the future. I, I'm glad that the movie's coming out on Amazon Prime because I have Amazon Prime and they stream in 4K. I'm very much looking forward to it, but I would have rather seen this at the cinema. So I stand with Doug Lyman. If you're going to get big movie directors to come and do your shit, like Doug Lyman's directed Bourne Pictures and fucking Edge of Tomorrow and um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the OG version, they're movies for the big screen. If you're going to get these guys in here, you've got to put their shit out in the cinemas, whether you fucking... And what are you going to lose? Like, I can understand. Amazon is a multi-billion dollar company. What do you think is going to happen? No one's going to go and see an action movie with Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Are you fucking kidding me? Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Yeah. I'm with you, Doug. No worries. Um, Ryan Coogler's next film with Michael B. Jordan uh, will reportedly be a vampire period piece. And I thought that was good to bring up because... We talk about a Morbius. Um, according to Hollywood Insider, someone or other, I'm not going to say his name, uh, Mike, uh, Ryan Coogler's next film with Michael B. Jordan, uh, which will mark their fifth collaboration together, will reportedly be, I think he produced it, some of those, um, will reportedly be a vampire period piece. Um, and there's a bidding war going on at the moment between Sony, Warner Brothers and Universal. Good luck, everyone. I don't know what it is, but Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan doing vampires and shit. Yes, please. That would be delicious. Next, here we go. I don't know who this is. Millie Orcock? Millie Orcock? Uh, what did I say? I said Orcock. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> Our cock? Yep. Your cock. My cock. His cock. It's a fucking Dr. Seuss about penises. Okay. Uh, Millie, Millie Orcock. It's never not going to be funny. Uh, has officially been cast as Supergirl in the new DC universe. Um, she played someone or other Targaryen in the House of the Dragon. Um, and uh, yeah, she's in. Uh, apparently, like there's talk about her appearing in Legacy, but she's she's currently getting like, you know, they're teeing her up for her own movie. Yep. Congratulations. Sorry, Sa- um, Sasha Carly. I don't want to assume things about people, but I would say Sasha Carly is somewhere crying today. Like that's... That's bad. I, that's 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 rough news. I, I saw that news and I immediately went to her profile and watched the video of her getting Supergirl. Totally, yeah. It's it's so sad. Like just just brutal. Um, but hey, you know, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. Fuck you. <laughs> Drop a little vision on you there, mate. That was an instinctual reaction because I know how much you love vision. I know that we haven't like reference vision in a long time. He just caught me off guard. Yeah. He he's he's my favorite character in the MCU. Just love him. Every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, that is that is something to be said. Um Joss Whedon's a piece of shit, but he was he put some good words in some people's mouths. Um That oh. sounded dirty. Okay. This one uh woke up to this morning. Oh, sorry. You want a supergirl? Yeah. Just, just a bit on Supergirl, though. So she, she is getting. <laughs> Tell me while I'm being spooky. Sorry, I was just holding my light under my chin. Everybody, so I'm, I'm really happy to be here, folks. Like I was, I was so ill. I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and and I'm just, I'm so grateful to be here, and I'm having a really good time. It just makes me a bit manic, so I'm sorry about that. 
Keep, keep, keep going with about the Supergirls. We knew that Legacy was the first one out the gate. Yeah. And then we had Authority. And then we had the... Creature Commandos Cre- is, is in between there somewhere as well. Yeah, it's Creature Commandos and then it's uh, Supergirl. But it seems like they've shifted plans and they're focusing on Kryptonians first, which is Legacy and The Woman of Tomorrow. I've read five issues of that yeah, that eight-issue uh, series run. The Woman of Tomorrow, is it? Yep, by Tom King. Yeah, great writer. Great writer. That's a perfect casting for that Supergirl in that in that series because fuck me, that that series is amazing. Like I have a screenshot of that of that like of just like panels because they're just so beautifully illustrated and drawn. Like I can't. Like at one point she fights a dragon in space. What more could you possibly want? And 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 if nothing, uh, uh, this this young woman, um, Millie. I won't say the last name again because I'll laugh again. Um, she's got some experience with dragons. Yeah. Probably not why she was cast, but anyway. She's Australian, by the way. Is she? Yeah. Oh, well, that tip of the hat to us one more time. Why don't we just have all the fucking superheroes? I don't know how faithfully they'll uh, they'll adapt the story because there there is a lot like. She like in the story she's celebrating her twenty first birthday on a, on an alien planet, but she's also reminiscing about everything that she lost from Krypton. Cause she, like unlike Clark, she remembers most of it. Yeah, well, she was a, a grown up. Yeah, well, she was. A, she was a, a you know uh, she wasn't a, a baby. Um, yeah, that's the that's the the idea I think is that she like he came here and she got stuck in time, and that's why he's older than her when she gets here. Yeah, so the way that like. I believe the like the best adaptation of that character is in the Arrowverse, and it's mm-hmm. the it's the most overlooked show of all time. In in that Melissa Benoist, I mean, oh god, dude, that's good casting as well. You know, like it was a good show. She she can make you cry, like like just just by a frown, she can make you cry. That's how powerful she is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like I believe in this in the start of that show that. They like they show how Clark was sent out, and Kara was sent out to look after him. But when Krypton explodes, like the the shockwave sends her on to a different planet, and she's stuck there unconscious. And when Clark is going through his journey, um, he finds out that Kara was sent behind him, and so he goes and rescues her and brings her back to Earth. Yeah, I believe that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't know what version it'll be. There's it's changed so much. The DC, like continuity is is has changed a bunch of times. You know, it's in the last few years, so it could be anything. But I mean, congratulations, Millie. I'm happy. I'm actually that's that's the one thing I'm really excited about because we finally get a Supergirl movie. Like after after yeah, decades. And, and, I mean, I kind of like the Supergirl movie from the '80s with Helen Slater. Um, I know you do. And uh, Faye Dunaway and stuff like that. That's my first crush, honestly. Like I was like, that. What's that? Oh, that's a woman. <laughs> okay, that's good. And then Hart Bochner's in it as well. I'm like, what's that? That's a man. Like it's just, it's a beautiful picture. We might, we might do an episode on it one day. Actually, that would be fucking super fun. Actually, we should. All right, my next pick is Supergirl. Okay, a couple of weeks. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, and then we have to talk to Tommy about what he wants to do because we're, we're going to have him on the show. Okay. Um, last one, last story. We'll just do it really quickly. But yeah, Friday, uh, sorry, Saturday, the 3rd of February. It's probably, you know, this would have happened the 2nd of February. Oh, no, actually, it was Thursday the 1st. Carl Weathers, man. Carl Weathers, the fantastic actor, um, known probably best as Apollo Creed, uh, but he was also played uh, Dylan in Predator. Dylan, you son of a bitch. Um, and he was also in uh, Mando or Boba Fett or one of those one of those programs. Anyway, really, really fantastic actor. Um, uh, yeah, passed away at the age of 76. Uh, died peacefully in his sleep on Thursday, the February the 1st, 2024. Carl was an exceptional human being who lived an extraordinary life. Um, he was a beloved brother, father, grandfather, partner, and friend. So, so long, Carl. We'll see you on the other side, mate. Congratulations on, on being one of the good ones. All right. So, on that somber note, it's Morbin time. Um, I don't understand what that was, really. It was a, a, a meme. I know um, Jared Leto was in, like, a spoof of himself where he was, like, sitting on a couch reading a fake script like a version of Morbius 2 called Morbin Time. Um, so at least he's got a sense of humor about it. But we're talking about Morbius from 2022, um, directed by Daniel Espinosa. And um, look, everyone, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as everybody. Like I said, it's a cultural thing. I think everybody's, it's been so memeified and so shit on that people are missing some of the inherent charm that's going on. Um, now, before... I get into sort of, you know, my kind of rundown of how I want to do this. Tell me what your feelings are. Because you watched it for the first time last night. Like, I've seen it, like, four times. Just because it was it's such an oddity of, like, what's Sony doing? You know, I don't, I don't understand immediately after Venom. Like, Venom I kind of get. But this was like, what, what the fuck? I just can't. And I had to, I had to keep reinvestigating it, you know, and, and, and go, why is this the way that it is? And and there's a lot of different reasons, but we'll get into that. What? How do you feel about it? So you you took the Kevin Smith approach with Batman and Superman. Yeah, you're going to watch it till I love it, is what he said. <laughs> hey, look, man, if nothing else, it's a fucking good looking film. And we'll get into that too. Like, I, I think it's shot really beautifully. I think it's edited really well. Um, I, I kind of like how it's directed. There's some interesting performances. There's some interesting visuals. It's not like... The computer effects aren't horrible. It's better than the Flash or you know something. I think the like you know that the kind of um, uh, the ghosting that goes on behind him, you know, to to sort of I don't know what that's hiding, if anything. But I think that looks cool. Like I like that that's an effect. Um, the way that his uh, echolocation pulses through the room is really cool. Reminds me of the Daredevil. Um, yeah, it's it's it. There's some dynamic stuff going on, but. Tell me your, your thoughts because you watched it last night. Three and a half stars on Letterboxd, everyone. I said on my Instagram story and I deleted it because you came online as soon as, it, as soon as I uploaded it. So I didn't want to spoil it for you. But sure. this movie would have been a four and a half stars if there was a second act. But it's, it's a first act and it just jumps to the third act. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all he waiting for him to kind of get his powers and then as soon as um he's kind of got them and and, and understands them he gets arrested and then matt smith comes in matt smith has got the powers we didn't see him get them 
Um, and then it's a chase movie. Like, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's no, there's no second act. But oh my god, this this is like the best fucking Sinister Six universe shit that Sony has done. I like this so much better than the first two Venom movies. I I, I do too. Like, I find Venom um, is. Uh, I really love Tom Hardy. Like Tom Hardy's a better performer than, than Jared Leto, in my opinion. But but I just if Venom is everything you expect it to be, but this isn't. Like I was I was surprised by some of its elements. That they took a chance on this character is more interesting than the chance they took on Venom because Venom people are in the bag for that already. And you put Tom Hardy in that role. But I think that movie's really poorly written and 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 stuff. But this is a bit sharper. It's a bit tighter. Like as far as an origin story goes, it does a really good job. Like it sets him up um you know what what's what's happening um sets him up as a youth like why is he doing this like his struggle to to get to um uh, uh, uh where he ends up getting to you know using these um this cross pollination of dna and stuff to to kind of get rid of his own blood disease is really strong motivation Eddie Brock's motivation is that he's a fucking dick and, and you know, he just pushed too many buttons and he, and he acted the fool and Michelle Williams left him. Like, you know, he's just a, he's a loser, Eddie. Like, fuck off. This guy's got actual stuff going on. Also, the idea of him, and then when he develops his powers, like, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's fucking Mary Sue or whatever that term was used, you know, when Star Wars came out. A person who just has their powers and doesn't train. He trains, he figures it out, the echolocation thing. He's doing it with the ball. He discovers his strength. He discovers his thirst. Um, yet whether you like him or not, Jared Leto is a really um, a, a, a dynamic and interesting actor. I mean, he's he's kind of... He's sleepwalking through this one. He even said it. He's like, there was no character for me to grab onto. I just kind of was myself and felt how I would feel as opposed to doing his normal character actor stuff. The only thing he did do was um, actually use the crutches um, and, uh, uh, you know, even when he wasn't shooting, so much so that he would take 45 minutes to go to bathroom breaks and stuff. I think he was in there doing fucking blow. Um, <laughs> probably not. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that the that development... And then when, it, when he suddenly figures out that he can fly because he doesn't really want to fight milo the the character's name is actually lucian but he calls him milo for lucian some, yeah yeah because yeah, there was other milos or whatever the fuck and uh, you know that's actually a really nice chocolate drink in australia like malt chocolate hey paul sorry my cat just came to visit i know i know because that was my fucking childhood it was it oh awesome yeah i don't know i didn't know if that like translated yeah, I, I, I like that. And then when he discovers that, and the score is very Nolan Batman. I don't know, there was something about that discovery of flight and the power with consequence. The same as Blade, you know, like Blade has the thirst, so he takes the serum. Um, you know, uh, uh, Morbius has the thirst, so he has to drink this artificial blood that he's developed, which I think is a really, that's a really cool way to kind of get around the, the moral stuff that goes on in this film about him attacking people as as an origin story i think it works really well it's it's a shame because he really only is morbius proper proper for that last oh, yeah. fight with um matt smith which is in that quarry or whatever it is which is really cool when he calls down the bats and stuff but anyway origin story it works for me so i knew exactly what sony was doing when they did fucking venom but i'll get into that later Yes, there were shots in the trailer from this movie that weren't in the movie because they Sony wanted to sell shit. 
There were shots of the Oscorp building from Tasm Films. There were shots of Morbius passing through like the graffiti of Spider-Man 3 suit. And it says murderer. Yeah. They shot with J.K. Simmons. Uh, J.K. Simmons did a um, uh, a cameo as as um, J. J. Jonah Jameson. But this movie was like this movie's release date was changed so dramatically that th- none of that stuff would make sense. It was supposed to come out like eighth in the run of movies that they were going to do and end up coming second. So I had to remove all that stuff. But the stuff outside of the J.K. Simmons stuff, Oscorp, um, the Sinister Six setting that stuff up. Uh, some of the Adrian Tomb stuff and also that poster of Batman in the background, that was all shot. At, it was definitely inserted. I'm not sure it was shot, but it was inserted by the studio. Uh, Daniel Espinosa had no say in that. And that, that brings me to the point about the problem with these movies, and Madam Web might be the case as well, or Madam Web might be the best movies ever been made, is that the people who are behind the scenes, I don't know about Venom so much, but I feel like with this one, I feel like Daniel Espinosa really wanted to make this movie. And I think he really uh, uh, tried his best to give it a style and a flavor. And he takes a lot from Zach. Like it's a high contrast. There's a lot of really cool, like I like the the slowing down moments, like the, 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 um, capturing of an image and, 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 you know, pulling it back. Like I know that's sort of old hat now or, or it's not trendy anymore or whatever, but I, I like seeing these angular uh, characters with these interesting uh, uh, poses and, and, and the, the, the fighting between the two, the two people who have the same power, like when Iron Man fights Iron Monger kind of thing, um, the, the dichotomy of that. Um, I think he wanted to make it, a hard R, like I think there is an R-rated version of this movie that that would have been really, really great, and I'll I'll get into that a bit more later when I talk about what I think this universe should be. Road to Hell, I know, but Sony doesn't give a shit. Like Sony is is counting the money on these things, or fucking not counting the money on this one, but they are looking at this as a way to capitalize on what they have left of Spider-Man because they can't do anything with Spider-Man proper. Um, but I think the people who are coming on board to make them. Uh, you know, you don't you don't get um, Andy Serkis coming in to make Venom two if he's not interested in yeah. making it something interesting. Also, that was his directorial fucking debut, man. It was no, he did he did a he did a version of Jungle Book. I I know, but the, I I believe he was a he was a producer on that. I I'm look it up. I, and I think Daniel Espinosa's got a really uh, interesting, like, sci-fi... Because the, the films that he did before this, um, uh, like, he's, he's Chilean. And uh, uh, so he's done, done done a bunch of movies there um, uh, in, in, in his native language. But he did Safe House, um, which is like a spy thriller kind of thing. Child 44, which is a World War II epic um, with, with uh, Tom Hardy, funnily enough. Um, which was uh, about a, a Russian military officer investigates a series of child murders um, during Stalin's Soviet U- uh, era Soviet Union. Sorry, so not World War Two. It's um, uh, this, during Stalin era, and so probably you know nineteen fifty four. Uh, sorry, nineteen fifty three. Um, and then he made a film called Life with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is almost a Venom movie. Like it's almost a a, a, a movie about how they find the fucking symbiote, even though that's not what it is. And I think he's got that sci-fi horror bent and had he been given, if there wasn't so much studio interference as there often is, if there wasn't so many mandates, if there wasn't so much writing on this as a franchise, I think he could have done 
something really really interesting with this because it's you can tell that it's chopped to shit like it's too short like it's shorter than it should be you're right there's no second act and it's also um like see scenes don't make sense from scene to scene um in places there's weird jarring cuts um you know characters just like not not seeing um milo get his powers like turning up at the police station and, and going in to see michael and giving him the fake blood and he's veining that he's still all right like he's pretending that would still work if we knew that he'd taken as an audience if we knew that he'd taken the cure so yeah i just look look at it in terms of it being you know an original oh poorly an original piece of work uh uh but that has fucking spider-man shoved up it you know it's a taducken it's a to fucking it's a, you know it's this it's morbius with fucking venom up its ass and a spider-man up its ass and it's been cooked too long and that's that's what i think is wrong with the picture it's it's the studio it's sony it's not the technicians it's not the writers um it's not the people acting in it you know everybody seems game matt smith is having a fucking blast like that <laughs> Right. Um, so yeah, he did. He did direct the the Mowgli movie. Mowgli. That was the one. That was the one. Hey, Paul. Can you see my cat? I can. This is Paulie. Do, um, we we. I've so I keep stealing the mic. I'm so sorry. I just uh, again. I'm very excited to be here, and I'm excited to talk about this this silly movie that I'm going to go and buy on 4K later. <laughs> um, but oh, sorry, mate. There you go. Um, t- like. I know you gave it a sort of thing on letterbox and stuff. What, like I've just sort of said, you know, these these are what I think were the problems with it by and large and they're not really creative. They're more, you know, this is a franchise. Do you think this film would have done better if it had had nothing to do with Spider-Man? Like, it's not called Morbius. It's not, it's not set, you know, in Spider-Man's New York. They don't mention the San Francisco incident the way that Tyrese and, and the other actor, um, whose name escapes me, sorry, What's the San Francisco incident? Al Madrigal, who plays um, Agent Rodriguez, and Tyrese Gibson, who plays uh, Agent Shroud, he's got a robotic arm at one point. It's like, hang on, that's a deleted scene, you know. Uh, they they say, oh, this is even weird. When they go on the ship, the, the USS um, Murnau, um, which is actually the name of the guy who directed the um, 38 Dracula. That was the yeah. last, last name of him. Um that that great but that sequence on the boat where he kills those mercenaries fucking fantastic like i just really really dig it just if that was a hard r and he's taken like logan style taking people's heads off you know 50 percent better um but uh yeah so when they go in and they see what's happened they're like oh wow this is even weirder than what happened in san francisco talking about venom um so if they removed all that stuff do you think it would have done better if it was just a, a, a you know, um, a vampire in New York or, or um, something like that and it was just a Jared Leto vampire picture? It's hard to say because I think, I think the reason why it, like, became the meme or became, like, the sort of weird culture phenomenon that it did um, was because of its not connection, connection to Spider-Man because we knew that Sony, like, Sony's trying to Sony's trying to make Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man, and 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 not and doing a bad like they're going about it the, the wrong way. Yeah, I don't honestly, I don't know if if it would have worked if it had nothing to do with Spider-Man because it, it it almost doesn't. 
Like, there, there's no mention of Spider-Man until the end. That's even after the credits have rolled. Like, that's that's the, that's the end credit scene. It's not even the post-credit scene. That, it's so tacked on. And the whole Adrian Toomes thing is, again, that's, that's the studio going... I was trying to do a Sony voice then. I don't know how to do it. Um, could do it like Avriorad. You know, if you come in here, you look at the panels. If you like the comic, you can do it. That's 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 my my Avriorad. That's what Sony sounds like in my head. But um, that's... yeah, I think without that, the, you know, them sort of saying we need to have somehow connect this. No way, Holmes just happened. Um, you know, bring Adrian Toomes in. Maybe we'll get a hold of Spider Man. Fuck all that. You can do this. You could make these movies, these Venoms, Madam Web, um, Craven, which I, which looks like it's going to be a hard R. I'm excited for that. Like in Russell Crowe, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Quicksilver, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and and the guy who's playing Rhino is fantastic too. I'm 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 psyched for that movie. I'm I'm fucking in the bag, you know, because it's just shit that like isn't. It's not really connected to anything yet, so they still kind of live on their own. That's why I like this movie. It kind of lives on its own if you forget the Adrian Toome stuff. Yeah, and honestly, I actually kind of like the Adrian Toome stuff. I'll get into that. But can we fucking talk about how amazing the visual effects are in this one? Because, like... It's it's so much better than it should be, and people aren't t- paying attention to it. Dude, I... Oh, like, I have to, I have to give credit where credit is due. The posters for this film are insane. You go on fucking Pinterest, you go on Google, you just write Morbius posters. And because it was supposed to come out for like two years and then didn't, there were just, there were these insane amount of posters with just insane art. So yeah, go check that out. But also, just like how their face transforms every now and then into like the vampire's face. It's insane. Yeah. And like they're like the way the the way that they're flying and they're leaving this trail behind. It's like it's mm. like the X2 uh BAMF version from uh from their White House scene. Arguably the best scene in a super like the best intro to a character in a superhero movie ever. That nightcrawler intro scene in the white house is fucking peak man we got to do x2 as well we're doing an x2 episode at some point sorry again oh no we did a whole, we, we, we did yeah damn it ah oh, fuck i forget my own shit um but like ima- imagine that but with today's technology and like elongated and that's exactly what it is it's also gives you an idea of like it gives you a sense of the motion because you take that away and he's kind of just floating the way that a bat glides yeah. as opposed to like a bat will, you know, you know, push, like kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. So a little Lupe fiasco for you there. Or fiasco, not fiasco. Where am I from? Um, but it's that gliding that I, I kind of really like. And and the stuff of him over the city uh, at the end when he's when he's um, chasing and he's going after Martine, um, played by Adria Ajona, I think it is, um, or Ajona. Um, it's really underused, and you know it's it's a shame because she's she's got some uh, 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 like some real presence, um, not just because she's beautiful, but she's got a wonderfully interesting voice and some real like when she's talking to those mercenaries and she's like get fucked i'm a doctor like she yeah i really dug her but when he's going after her um uh and he finds her on the rooftop there and then sort of like that's that gets him going and he jumps in the purple and it's like it looks legit 
it looks fucking legit and it shouldn't look that good for a movie that did the way that it did. Yeah. And for what it cost, $75 million this movie cost, which is next to nothing comparatively to, to other movies. This is the perfect superhero film. Like, it doesn't cost much. Oh, my God. We, we just got cancelled. I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I'm so glad that you like because you could have you could have come to me. Oh, like, you could have come to me this morning and gone. This is shit. This is shit. We can't do an episode on it. But you you know, hey, you're in the bag. So sorry. It's a perfect comic movie in the sense that it didn't cost much and it didn't cost much. It looks good. The people making it actually fucking believe in believe in it. Mm. I there, there's like blood spatter on camera at one point when he like first gets his powers. I I I screamed because I'm like ah. And then, and then it goes away, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I forgot this is, like, PG-13. And, like, sure. Like like I said about the Marvels, if you sit down and pick, pick at it, shit will come off. And that's true for everything. You can, you can go in being, like, as everybody did, going, this is going to be terrible. Or you can go in going, this is going to be something I don't know because I haven't seen it. Or I have seen it and I need to reinvestigate because... I was letting fucking Twitter and Instagram tell me how to feel about something. Like Tommy was talking to me about it the other day, um, and I'll, I'll speak a bit more about him later because he gave me a little bit of a task for this episode. And um, and he said it's an absolute train wreck, like it's total garbage. And he's absolutely right. He's a hundred percent right because that's how he feels about it, you know. And that's that. I, I wouldn't take that away from him. He thinks this movie is absolute hot shit and hot shit in a bad way, like a, a hot turd, not like hot shit as in good um and you're right tommy you're 100 right my friend but i'm also right in the fact that i kind of dig it and i dig it in as much as i gave it two stars on letterboxd those two stars are for you know the way it looks the way it feels and 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 kind of the pedigree that that's going on there and the fact that i enjoyed it i just i have a good time watching it you know matt smith has no right being as good as he is in that film he is having the time of his life, and I'm I, I'm chewing every single bit of it. Like, oh my god, nobody told him to fucking dance after killing those police officers, yet he did, and it's 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 amazing. And he legitimately threatening threatening too. Like he's such a strange, angular looking dude, and when he gets those powers, like that's what would happen. That that I enjoy that too. That that. Everybody fights with the id. Everybody fights with the ego, you know, until you go through ego death and you realize that none of that means anything. Fucking alpha, beta, shit, like all that goes away and we're all just people. But while you're still dealing with that, everybody's got monsters and it could be whatever it is. You know, you thirst for something. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be, um, you know, sex. It could be violence. Um, you know, it could be just your own thoughts depression anxiety like all this stuff and it's a beautiful um uh, sort of uh, a totem for that of a man who only wants to do good uh, only wants to help people and trying to do that he has has become a monster and become a person who would harm someone and to fight that to fight that id so that you can do the right thing and still fail is is because he doesn't win in this movie he loses the woman that he kind of loves, he loses a surrogate father figure in um, Jared Harris's Dr. Emil, and he loses his best friend. And at the end of it, he's alone, he's the only one of his kind, and he's flying off thinking, I can only 
do what I can do. I can only do better from here. You know, like this, this, it would have been interesting to see what a sequel to this would have been because he could have been, you know, he goes out in the desert and it meets Adrian Toomes and he's like, whatever, fuck all that noise. Like take all that away. He's just out there in the desert. And it's, it's like Kung Fu, the TV show where he's just a wandering vampire and he just goes on adventures and shit. Cause he doesn't have to worry about sunlight and all that stuff. He's not that type of vampire. And he just goes out there and he's just a, a, an avenging angel of justice. And he fucking bites the throat out of a bunch of fucking drug dealers and, you know, gets a, a girl back who's been kidnapped, a little girl or whatever, and, you know, takes on a bunch of fucking poachers or something, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like the character is because Jared, um, Jared Leto could only play it at one speed. He had to be really kind of muted because that for himself, he didn't feel there was much to do and... And it's all kind of choppy and his his motivations are clear as far as I understand them. But to him, maybe they weren't in the way they were filming it or whatever. Like if he was given the opportunity to really take the chains off and be like, okay, this isn't an origin story anymore. This is just a straight up vampire justice movie. Just call it that. It's called Vampire Justice. Um, you know, that that would be that would be something else. But yeah, so, so Matt Smith, yeah, he's got... Like, it's lucky that his jaw can dislocate and become a huge vampire mouth because he's eating so much scenery in the fucking film. That dance, the dance he does to that to that song. And he's doing it while he's getting dressed. And then he's like, I'm a fucking vampire and I dig it. Like, it's the, it is the, the, the yin and yang, you know, the polar opposite of, uh, uh, um, Morbius is that he's, like, I'm no longer sick. This is amazing. Like, this is... I've been sick my whole life and now I am infinitely stronger than anybody else I'm going to come up against. Of course you would get drunk on that. Of course that's what would happen. Like, how can you say there's no characters in this film? Yeah. And Sorry, like, huge huge rant. <laughs> absolutely. That's what the show is, man. It is just a huge rant. But I just... I don't think about... Like, I don't have notes. I don't think about what I'm going to say. I just let it go. And sometimes it just keeps going and i love you for putting up with it by the way your fucking hair is outstanding it is it's it's you like currently i don't know you can't see yourself so i need to take a photograph of it don't so i can send don't. it to you no 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 just just look at me look at me be beautiful there it is if you were blue you'd be you'd be hank mccoy i'm oh, serious oh fuck yes okay thank you yeah, yeah. That's, that's anyway that's what i needed thank you yeah but yeah big big rants and stuff I love it. Here's my reasoning why this can't work as as well or can't work without the Spider-Man connection. Sure. Because the one thing that Spider-Man does well is it humanizes his uh, fucking villains. That's, the, that's yeah. the thing that I wasn't expecting from this. Because like you start off with like Morbius being being this like shady doctor and all that. I was like, for sure he's going to like get corrupted and enjoy it. But he fucking doesn't. Mm. He doesn't remember what... Because for me, it was like the first time he goes out on the rampage. I was like, well, of course he remembers. And then we it turns out that he doesn't. And then like he locks himself in the room. He like, he understands that he fucking experimented on himself. And he like, he takes... Like, he feels remorse on the shit that he's done when he wasn't in control. Hmm. And that's what's missing with with Milo's character is that he never had that. Because every time he got hungry, he went out and fucking drank blood. And also he's he's a rich 
you know, I don't know where he's getting his money from. They don't explain it, but he's, he's, you know, a wealthy young man. He's never had to, he doesn't know poverty. Like I'd say probably, um, Michael Morbius's character is wealthy because he became a doctor, not because, you know, he, he had it to begin with or whatever. Like he was an orphan as far as I understand. Um, so yeah, he's like, uh, 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 Lucian's character doesn't understand deferring gratitude. <laughs> mean like he's not gonna not beat off he's gonna fucking beat it like it owes him money um there's a little metaphor for for (laughs) being a vampire there is actually jerking off but and and sometimes that can get boring like where it's the superhero fighting a bad version themselves but i think they they kind of do it well here because both of the actors are are very good together and they're very they have wonderful um chemistry and you feel especially from matt smith you feel the like why aren't you with me on this? We could fucking run all this shit. We, look at us. Yeah. We're indestructible. Like, why don't you want to be a part of this with me? We're best friends. Yeah, man. And like, to be, to be quite honest, if that shit happened to me, I would, I would turn, I would turn immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say if it happened to me, I would fucking bite you first, mate. <laughs> It's me and you, and we'll be partying vampires like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I am so corruptible. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I have have fucking addictive tendencies already. Let's just... If I became a vampire, everybody's getting eaten and fucked. (laughs) In that order. (laughs) So, we're not as good as Michael Morbius, is what we're trying to say. yeah. And like that was the surprise. That was the surprising part is that he was good, mm. and that he tried his best to save his best friend, the person he kind of loved, because that was still very unclear. Mm. Also, I, I don't know how much you remember, but did she bite off on his lip, lip to like get the blood? Because I yeah, I'm not. That's another sort of weird thread where I like. Why would she do that? You know, or if she was just kissing him to say goodbye or, you know, I, yeah, I wasn't really, I'm not a hundred percent sure what goes on there. I, I think that's one of those, like the studios going, Hey, make sure you fucking make her a vampire in the next one or whatever. But then again, like the way that like everything happened, I'm pretty sure Sony didn't want a next one or whatever the fuck they wanted. They didn't know. Cause we don't fucking understand what they understood from the meme. I don't think they got it. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. I don't think they understood what they had. No. Um, and and they were like, yeah, it's it's gonna be like Venom, you know. They even make a joke about it in the trailer, but it's not in the film. Yeah, I think they looked at it and went, oh fuck, this is what it is. We don't understand this. And they've and then they've then come and you know implanted thing. I don't know what Daniel Espinosa's feelings are about this film. I haven't read any interviews or anything like that. But I think it's just yeah, again that that and and because it was delayed so much, like it was COVID first, and then it was you know. Again, we've got to restructure this and No Way Home's come out and Venom 2's come out and Venom 3's on the way and we've got Craven in the bag and that's kind of, you know, it's all very mixed up. It, I think it was it, it suffered because of that. And then when it became a meme, when it became an internet sensation for this, you know, again, this this idea of let's make fun of it or that it is good to make fun of. And it is, it's fun. Make fun of it all you want. It's great fun to make fun of it, but it's also fun, you know, for me to investigate its merits um, and to find, you know, joy in things as opposed to, 
I don't like looking on the dark side. I'm not a vampire yet. Um, and yeah, I think they they when they did that because they it lost it went out of cinemas. Like it, it only made I think it was 168 million dollars um, in uh, worldwide gross on a 75 million dollar budget, which is didn't even double its budget. So uh, only just doubled its budget. It was never going to get a sequel. It would have had to do, you know, much more business than that. Like, that's just the box office, like 75. They would have, like, so much to promote this the first time and then the second time because they, they were going to release it and then COVID and then couldn't release it. But, yeah, Sony didn't understand it so much that when they gave re-release rights to everybody, they thought it was a win. But it was just people being ironic. And yeah. I went and saw it at a midnight screening at the Aster, and it was a fucking party house it was amazing there were all these young kids there all these these you know um i don't know what you call them because they're not millennials gen z or um the internet kids you know kids who kids who were born like when the internet was around like if you were born when facebook was you know around whatever like if you were born in say 2005 Let's say that and apart past that. And they were all there and they were decked out and it was midnight and it was super fun and we had a great time. And when Matt Smith was dan- dancing, Matt Smith was dancing, they're going, woo, like, can I take it off? And like, it was just, it was so much fun. But Sony didn't understand that was the thing. And people were only going, only saying that to be funny. They're not going to go out again and do it. And it bombed. It made like $30 million. But pretty hysterical that it got a second release. Like, they usually do that with things like fucking Oppenheimer at, <laughs> you know what I mean? at, um, at IMAX. Like, yeah, we'll put it out again because people still want to see it. Not, we don't understand what the internet is, Sony. For most people on this planet, this episode is like defending the room where it's a joke to everybody <laughs> else. But we actually found something in it that was good. Anybody who listens to this show knows that I look for the positive and i i look for things that i find interesting and i can find them in almost anything apart from the flash um no if i went back and rewatched the flash and i'm actually thinking about doing it after listening to that live show yesterday just because i want to reinvestigate for myself like i did with morbius like why am i so harsh on it had a bad experience with it maybe but anyway that's 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 what i do that's why this that's why don't we don't do negative stuff like, I love the We Hate Movies podcast. It's, like, one of the best podcasts in the history of, of, of the medium. Um, and I'm absolutely enamored with those four guys for coming up. You know, they're 700 episodes or something like that. They've been going since 2010. Like, they were in their 20s and are now in their 40s. Just incredible pedigree. And I love listening to them and they're really, really funny. But I could never be that negative myself. I tried it. You know, the first few episodes of The Stitch Up were that. And I can't do it. It's just not not the way that I'm built. And you could you could tell me any movie you want, and I will find something. And I mean, apart from the fucking you know, <laughs> Triumph of the Will, or or you know, Five Hundred Days of Sodom or whatever. But you give me any movie, and I will find something in it that has merit. That's the show. Like I I don't think we've ever done a a, a negative episode. No, not at all. We've talked negatively about stuff, but um, in brief at, at best. But it's also it's the film addicts podcast. It's not the film pricks <laughs> podcast. You know, I just don't. I don't have any time for that. It's just and uh, like I appreciate people who do. Like if you want to go out and like if you if that's your thing is to find stuff and, and make fun of it and that's that's where you find the comedy. That's great. And and I I like a lot of those podcasts. But it's just I just I I don't know, I don't know. I'm too old maybe. 
there's three things I want to talk about before we get into sort of like some wrap up with, with some trivia and stuff. One is really, really simple. Jared Leto, when he shot this picture, was 49 years old. Bull, bull fucking crap. I fucking guarantee you. Let me just pull it up here. Okay, Jared Leto. Jared Leto touched down on planet Earth in 1971. Do you know how old that makes him? Do the math. I took it twice and failed, like, astronomically, so I'm not going to do it. 71 to 81, 91, 2001, 2011, 2021. Fuck you. It's now 2024. He is 53 years old. And he's he's a vegan, by the way. Most of the time, there's that great meme of him where he's like, I'm mostly vegan. And he's like pushing his beautiful hair back because sometimes he has a piece of cake, he says. Incredible, incredible shape. Like abs, abs on top of abs where there aren't abs. <laughs> The the guy looks like he swallowed a bunch of plums. Like, it's just, it's incredible. Um, Amazing human specimen. Uh, Just wanted to to say that. (laughs) It's literally all I wanted to say about him. I was saying before, um, Addy, that I I really dig the look of it. Um, I think it's shot really well. Uh, I think it's edited really well. And do you know why it's shot really well? Because the director of photography was the fantastic Oliver Wood. No relation. Born in 1942, uh, died in 2023, sadly, um, on February the, th- February the 13th. Um, oh, wow. He was born on February the 21st, so he died like a week after his own birthday. Uh, he was 80 years old. This was his last picture. Um, but the reason that Morbius looks as good as it does uh, is because of this. Get ready. You know, you're not ready for this. I mean, I'm sure you could probably look this up yourself, folks, but... Um, I'm going to do it for you. Okay. <laughs> this is fucking outrageous. This guy was the director of ph- photography on Die Hard, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He did the Hammer Time video. Hammer Time. Ding, 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 ding. He did a bunch of other ones. Uh, Rudy, The Concierge, Sister Act 2, Terminal Velocity, Mr. Holmes Opus, Celtic Pride, Two Days in the Valley, Face Off, Mighty Joe Young, U571, The Born Identity. I Spy, Social, uh, Social Security, um, National Security, Freaky Friday with um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, The Bourne Supremacy, Fantastic Four, the one that was made in 2005, um, The Bourne Ultimatum. Like, the Bourne movies are some of the best shot action pictures you'll ever see, particularly Supremacy and then even more so Ultimatum. I think Ultimatum won for editing and it was nominated for director and photography. Um, Step Brothers. Surrogates, The Other Guy, Safe House, Two Guns, Anchorman 2, Child 44. So he's, you know, worked with Espinosa before. The remake of Ben-Hur, not 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 great, but still look good. Uh, Jack Reacher 2, The Equalizer 2, Holmes and Watson and Morbius. Like this guy's, he is a good lensman. And that is, and I appreciate that so much as a technician. And it was edited <laughs> by um, uh, Pietro... Uh, Scalia, I think it's is, is how you pronounce it. Pietro, like like um, Colossus. Right. This guy was the... Oh, fuck me. This is just unreal. This guy was the editor on JFK, The Quick and the Dead, G.I. Jane, Goodwill Hunting, The Big Hit, Gladiator. So he's done all of Ridley's films. Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, Memoirs of a Geisha, which is a great film. Hannibal Rising, The 11th Hour, American Gangster, which is 
a fucking that's that's peak Ridley Scott for me. Body of Lies, which I rewatched recently. Kick Ass, Robin Hood, um, Prometheus, Amazing Spider Man. Uh, the first, um, uh, the first and second. He was the editor for for Child Forty Four as well. Sea of Trees, which is really good. The Martian, Thirteen Hours, Alien Covenant, Solo, Ambulance, and Morbius. Ambulance and Morbius are like two of the best edited films of that year. And even though Morbius was cut to ribbons, it's like the the like if you think about the the fight scene on the boat at the beginning, um, or uh, the chase scene at the end, or the fight between. Uh, uh, um, Lucian and Morpheus, uh, Morbius, not Morpheus, Morbius, um, really well paced, really sharp, um, nice cuts, not too kinetic. Like he can follow the action, even though that's, you know, there's, there's a lot of CG and, and dynamic movement and stuff. You know where everybody is, like the geography all works. Um, yeah, just beautifully edited, edited, um, beautifully shot. And I think it's well-directed. I think it's a well-directed picture. 100%. Um, it's just, you know, that, 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 uh, mandate. What, sorry? No, I just, I said 100% agreeing with you. I think probably if it wasn't connected to the Spider-Man films and they just leaned into that B-movie camp, um, which it kind of does accidentally, and and it was more of a horror, like if it was a hard R, um, it might be better. Call it Dr. Vampire. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty good idea there. Ooh, doc, Dr. Blood would sell more. Dr. Blood, fuck yeah! anybody hear it out there just release it again as dr blood and see what happens um and i think moving forward this is my idea for the for the sony spider reverse all right okay. let, me tell, let me see what you think okay you ready because i have a pitch here and I'm, I'm excited yours has got silk in it doesn't it it didn't but okay <laughs> oh you're so cute it didn't um i I'm, I'm excited to hear your pitch my, my one is okay sinister six great do your movies do your venoms do your Cravens, uh, 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 do your Madam Webs, uh, do your Morbiuses, Rhinos in in, in um, Craven, all that stuff. Set them all up. Just ignore Spider-Man. Forget, forget that he's, you know, he can be in the ether or people know about it, but these guys can have adventures without him. They've got their own lines of comic books. It'll work fine. They all need to be straight up horror movies. You know, to, like it totally worked. Venom would be a much better film is when he bites that guy's head off at the end, you see him bite the guy's head off. Like make it gory, use practical effects. You know, Morbius is a vampire. He needs to drink blood. He needs to slash people's throats open. He needs to Dracula the shit out of that stuff. Make these movies. I mean, some of them, Venom and this as well, and Craven in a way too. Um, and, and, and even Madam Web is about sort of like, you know, uh, uh, um, psychic awareness and all that stuff. They're body horror movies, you know, make him Cronenbergian. Just lean into that because it's not what anyone else is doing. Marvel hasn't done Blade yet. DC's not going to, isn't doing any horror pictures, you know, like until they get to Swamp Thing, if that, which James Mangold's apparently directing. Yeah, make him proper horror movies, make them art and get adults to come out and see this stuff. Stop, stop trying to sell these to kids. They're not going to buy it if Spider-Man's not in it. So take, like, look at what your, um... Uh, uh, deficiencies are in terms of what you're trying to sell and like make that a positive we don't have spider-man but we've got these motherfuckers who'll just tear the head off a dude and stab a guy in the throat and pull some minutes out and fuck the skull or whatever they're doing i don't know it looks like craven's gonna do that maybe not fucking skulls but it, it craven looks like it's gonna be an r and i'm 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 all the way on board we made a great joke about it a few episodes ago about it getting delayed it got delayed because of the writer's strike I hope it does better than Morbius so that they can keep making these films about people no one has seen on screen before. No one's seen 
Morbius before. No one's seen Craven. No one's seen Madam Web. I'm excited for Madam Web as well. It's a great cast. Um, it's I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. So I'm I'm anything like that. I'm excited about. Yeah, it's it's the not knowing what it is part that's like intriguing about this universe. And that's I so it doesn't happen. Um, you know, everything is so like sold to us. It's like it was like you said to me, don't watch the trailer for um, Frozen Empire. Yeah, and I went whatever, and yet now I know everything. <laughs> did you watch the fucking trailer? I did, I did, oh, but it had fuck. already happened. So I, like, you told me not to, and I'd already watched it. So, but yeah. Um, anyway, because the what's your pitch for the Spider Verse, the Sony Spider Verse? Because the problem was, it's a new Ghostbusters movie. Cool. I know what's happening. I know what the monster looks like, which is what the fuck are you doing with that? Yeah, if I, silly. If I already know what the monster looks like, why the fuck would I even watch the movie? Yeah. And I didn't need to know that, like, all the... I mean, Dan Aykroyd, maybe. I didn't know that, need to know that Bill Murray was back. I didn't know need to know that Janelle... Um, Janelle. Janine is, yeah. you know, is becomes a Ghostbuster. Like, all that would have been great to, to find out later down the line. Like, I didn't have to know fucking Dickless was mayor or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Dickless here. Yes, that's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> well, that's what I heard. Fucking Ghostbusters rules. Um. Anyway, please tell me your speech for... Speech? Tell me the speech. Oh, speedy means... I will switch you a what? No. <laughs> Spit on me. You have to, normally have to pay extra for that. So you have the Watcher in. Interestingly, the Watcher is wearing... It's not the MCU suit. It's only the MCU mask. The suit is from Tasm 2, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. So, very true. So, okay. So that, that kind of shows where I'm going, doesn't it? Sort of. Um, you want to bring Andrew back. Yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> so you have Morbius team up you know, with Agent Tombs. You, like, bail out all the... Or, like, get out all the, like, Sinister Six members. And, like... Not don't have a fake Sinister Six. Have them like fucking rotating. Like every time, every every time you see the group, there's like one person who's like not there. You know how like how fucking uh, Spider Man No Way Home was almost a Sinister Six movie, but Venom was just drunk. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was certainly trying to be that. Yeah, right. And then like have this like have this universe not have Spider Man at all right like stay as because you can have these origin stories kind of linked with spider-man but not have spider-man in like the formation of this sinister six um cartel kind of shit you you like you get fucking craven you get vulture you get morbius right you get fucking rhino and you get the scorpion and you have Venom show up for like a little bit because I, I can't handle Venom. It's annoying <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Sorry. No one can handle Venom. No, no, no. I, I, that's, yeah, I feel that way about those movies too. But, and then have a Sinister Six movie where Act 1 and Act 2 is just them robbing banks and like having the time of their life. And then third act, you, you, see, you see the purple cracks in the in the sky and you see you see on uh, on the Oscar build, building you see Andrew Garfield just kind of drop down from out of nowhere 
And then he has to kind of figure out what the fuck's going on here. And he he recognizes recognizes that these are versions of his villains, but not his villains. And then have another Sinister Six movie where they're working with Spider-Man to get him home. Because they don't want a Spider-Man in the universe. Right. I like the idea of him dropping down on, you know, a building. And there's like, you know, huge, huge calamity going on underneath. And all of a sudden, all the Sinister Six burst out of this bank as it explodes and cars flip over. And he just lands on top of the building, mask off, looks down. Time to go to work. Yeah. And puts the puts the mask on and then whips down. I Yep. Sony, he listening. Yes, us over your rod here, listening to you. Uh, that's a bit sexy for Avi, isn't it? <clears throat> yes, welcome back to the show. I am Avi Arad. I sell toys. <laughs> I'm not really sure where he's from, and I don't know where that accent was from either. Um, yeah, man. Bring Andy back. Like, I know he's in his 40s, but whatever. Who cares? Um, I think it'd be really great. A Sinister Six movie directed by fucking... I don't know. I don't know who was going to say. <laughs> what the fuck happened there? Sorry. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Have a think about it. Who do you reckon should direct a, a Sony-based universe Sinister Six movie? Everybody let us know. Uh, send us a message or drop something in the comments. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, should we wrap up? Yeah, we <laughs> Let's wrap up. We've been talking about Morbius for over an hour. And there's also an hour of material before that as well. So I might have to do some editing. <laughs> Whatever. You hear it. You enjoy it. It's wonderful. Um, just a couple of little brief things before I get into uh, before we get into uh, questions. Um, there's some interesting stuff I found on IMDb here. Morbius had a brief cameo in a deleted scene of Blade, 1998, played by director Stephen Norrington as a tease planned for that to, for him to be the main villain in Blade 2. However, he wasn't included in the sequel, but Marvel ha- uh, because Marvel had sold the character rights to Artisan Entertainment to produce a standalone Morbius film that was never made. Back in, the, back in the 90s. How about that shit? According to Jared Leto, he envisions more Morbius movies. We're just kind of to get to know each other, Leto said. This is probably before it did really badly, but anyway. This is us kind of a first step forward, and I think just... Uh, and if you think just of, like, Wolverine, if you look at Batman, um, you look at a lot of those films, and they evolve over time. You know, there's a relationship that develops there. Who knows? But the Sinister Six, head-to-head with Spider-Man, we'll see what the future holds. So, he was, he was at least wanting to continue and morbius the character debuted in the amazing spider-man number 101 in october of 1971 it's the first spider-man issue not written by stan lee he was busy writing a screenplay for a science fiction film that never was produced the character was created after the comics code authority lifted its ban on comics featuring vampires in february of 1971 which also allowed marvel to launch its series Tomb of Dracula in April 1972. So there you go. Comic Code Authority wouldn't allow monsters and zombies and all that stuff because they said that they were unholy or whatever the fuck. All right. Just before we get into questions, Tommy, are you there, mate? Are you listening? This one's for you. I was having a chat with Tommy the other day, Tommy from the podcast, Assemble Podcast, and he said to me, I bet you can't think of five worse comic book movies than Morbius. And I put it to you, sir, that I fucking can. (laughs) In fact, I can think of more. Number one is The Flash from 2023. Less said about that, the better. The movie Steel with Shaquille O'Neal, which is uh, like supposed to be, you know, the the, the Superman character. Nothing to do with it at all. Uh, Fantastic Four, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four from 2015. Wonder Woman 1984. No, thank you. 
The Spawn movie, which is only good because of John Leguizamo playing Clown. I'm going over five. Catwoman with Halle Berry. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ghost Rider 1 and 2. And I already sent this list to Tommy and he's like, you're fucking high as shit, mate. All of those, apart from those. There's an argument Green Lantern's not as good as well. Like, there's plenty. There is absolutely plenty. I dig this movie. If you go in a little bit more open-minded and, and now that some time's passed, just, just give it a try. Give Morbius a try. Get some Morbius in your life, you know? Morb your life. <laughs> Get Morb in your life. Is <laughs> Morbin enough to go around? Ooh. Title drop. Um, <laughs> it's the name of the episode. Any final thoughts? Yeah, what, before I do that, does anybody think I'm wrong? Do you like Catwoman more than Morbius? Do you like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen more than Morbius or 1984 or The Flash or whatever? Please let us know. Uh, and, and I hope you do. I hope you you have your favorite. Because that's the thing. Morbius is someone's favorite movie. Yeah. Someone out there loves more. It might be me. <laughs> it goes Jaws and then Morbius. No, someone out there fucking loves Morbius. And, and you know, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I said Jaws and then Morbius. Yeah, because there's something you said about your taste then. Because two of your favorite films are like animal horror. I dig it. I dig animals fight back movies. Um, absolutely. But uh, do you have any final thoughts before we get into the questions? No, really. I said, I've said my piece. I like it. I probably like it more than people would understand. <laughs> well, I understand, buddy. And that's what counts. Yes. Fuck We're yeah. on the podcast together. <laughs> digital fist. Ooh, that sounded creepy. You can't see what we're doing. We're not digitally... <laughs> penetrating one another we were doing the fist bump but via the screen anyway i think it's time for questions so it's question time time for questions um also just so everyone knows i'm not being contrarian for the sake of it i really do like this movie You know, some people are like, oh, you're just doing it because that's, you know, it's the opposite. No, I don't do that. Um, I, I, that sounds exhausting to make all my decisions based on what other people think or don't think. I actually think these things. So, what are the questions? How many questions? Uh, we got four. Four. <laughs> that's it. It's one of my favorite numbers. Um, that's true. What's, what's the first one? Is it Morbius related? So the question is, why? Like, why, why, why Morbius? <laughs> because we think that you might like listening to it, listening to us talk about it, and we wanted to talk about it. That's the only reason we do episodes, because we think it might be fun. That's it, the end. <laughs> a valid question, though. Bad, but also, it's, it's a damn good movie. It's a, it's a good, it's just a good time. It's a good flick, you know? I yeah. wouldn't, it's not fucking Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's just a good fun watch. Citizen Kane is fucking horrible. Oh no, <laughs> we're going to get into that, are we? No, I'm kidding. All right. That's I've a, never seen that's it. A, I was going to say, <laughs> okay, then shut your fucking mouth. Citizen Kane rules. Um, Such a good movie. Uh, All right, what's question number two then? Why with two exclamation points? Uh, cast a mid-level musician as a new superhero or supervillain. Who are they and what are their abilities? Cast a mid-level magician or musician? Mi- musician. Sorry. Because Jared Leto's in 30 Seconds to Mars. Okay. 
That's kind of related, though. <laughs> yeah. So, so cast them as a superhero or or a supervillain. As a supervillain, okay. One that already exists or one that's. Let's do one. one up. Let's let's do one that already exists. Think of somebody other than Dazzler, because I'm taking Dazzler because I don't know okay. anybody else. You should have Mike Patton from Mr. Bungle and uh, Lovich and Faith No More, more famously. Um, he actually did it. He did the voice of uh, Darkness, the um, Top Cow comic created series by Mark Silvestri in the video games. Um, he did the voice for for that character. He could 100% do the voice of Galactus. He's got the most amazing range, like just just incredible, just beautiful, beautiful voice. Yeah, I would I would do that. And what are his powers? Whatever the powers Galactus has is. He eats planets. He does. He eats them whole. Um, who who's your dazzler? Uh, my dazzler is Maisie Peters. Yeah, right on. I didn't know who she was until very recently, because of you. So that's a good that's a good pick. That's a very good pick. To slot right in there. All right. Question number three: What creatures, monsters, cryptids, crickets, the, uh, cryptids? I don't know what the fuck that is. Cryptids. I don't know. People yeah. live in crypts, maybe. Would make a compelling hero story. I mean, they 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 do it all the time. Um, Frankenstein's a really interesting story um, as a, as a as a hero. Ah, uh, the Wolfman um, is a is a really great story. Yeah, I think it's they, they, one that hasn't been done. Probably like a I oh don't no, no. Well, I mean, they did it. They did it. You know, a fish man in Shape of Water. Yeah, I mean, they, they, there's a lot there. That it is zombie in warm bodies. Like it's it's there's a lot of um lot of sort of monsters and stuff. Even Godzilla's a good guy at, at some point. Haven't seen a good kraken. Maybe a good kraken. A nice kraken. Well, there's one in Aquaman, sir. Is he a good one? Yeah, he fights alongside or they... Arthur Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I just thought he might bring you some biscuits and cheese. Let's crack a barrel, Regan. Never mind. <laughs> or some rum. Whatever. Um, yeah, I'd say a Kraken. What do you say? It's hard because, like, Swamp Thing exists. Like, where else can you go? Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I would say, like, the werewolf slash Swamp Thing kind of, kind of situation is a Wendigo. A Wendigo is a, a, a kind of a... A golem-like beast, or white with huge claws, that would um, could could can mimic human voices, um, and and would would uh, you know call people away from their campsites to eat them and stuff. Um, maybe a Wendigo would be cool. Oh, so like like a siren. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, there, there was one featured in like this only the second or third episode of the TV show Supernatural. I was like, that's an interesting thing I've never heard of before. So yeah, a Wendigo. I'll go with a Wendigo. Two Wendigos, please. That'd be wonderful. Um, cool. And what's the final question for the more bep? All right, last question. A studio gives you money to ruin an IP. What film do you? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking savage. That is savage. What what film are you? What film do you make, plot and cast, or plot or cast? Um. So okay. yeah, I well done whoever this was, by the way. I <laughs> double checked. I double checked with this person to ask if they said if they meant run an IP, and they said no, ruin. <laughs> no, I meant ruin. Yeah, okay, awesome. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Indiana Jones and make him a Nazi. 
Oh my god, <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> what an indignity! Poor Indy. Is he old? Like all of a sudden he comes out as one of those old Nazis? That's amazing. To ruin an IP. Could it be one of... He's still laughing at his own Indiana Jones joke. You dick. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> yes, you do. You prick. Um, okay. Keep laughing at that. That's a good one. Uh, that is a good one. Oh. It has to be sort of... It has to be something I don't like. Surely. Or should I do something I do like and fuck it up? Do that. All right. It's the Hulk... But he doesn't go around rampaging and destroying things. He just shows everyone his huge dick. Like he's just a he's just a, a flasher, and he's everyone's like he's like oh look at the whole dick, and everyone's like oh my god that's fucked up, and you know that's that's you ruin the Hulk. And you call it the Incredible Dick <laughs> because it works for both both ways. It's probably massive and green, or maybe it's tiny and pink. If if you you know go back to like episode one or two, whatever the hell it was. But, but it's, he's also a dick for just going out and flashing people. That's fucked up. It's 2024, Hulk. What are you doing, mate? Or, or, stay, stay with me here. It's it's oversized pink, but the foreskin is green. Oh, my God. It's like it's Christmas wrapped. <laughs> oh, no, dude. <laughs> Someone put fucking wrapping around this cocktail sausage. It's weird. Anyway, that's take, a very good question. I do take, you have a legitimate one apart from fucking up my favourite film hero? Thank you, please. I'm sorry, it just <laughs> came out of nowhere for some reason. No, I, I loved it that that was your first thought. It was like a, a, a you know, a um, word association game. Like you just said it. Um, but yeah, so you know the Harry Potter, right? They have- do I know Harry Potter? Yeah. Not personally, no, <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm aware of him. Yeah, I'm aware of the pot. So Harry Potter is, is the wand, right? You have to. You have has has a wand? Did you say? No, Harry Potter as a world. Okay. Right, and so they have the Wizarding Society. These fuckers are so powerful that they're almost entirely just oppressors. Because if you're so powerful, why are you just sitting down in in hiding and letting all this shit happen? Mm. But if they do take the take over the world, it is just fascism. <laughs> It would be in the end. Uh, I feel like if everybody had that level of power, it's it's a hundred percent what would happen. But that's the thing. It's not everybody. It's a group of people that are that are like fucking magical. So instead of them like running a school, they're on a government. So it's it's magic Nazis. Is it again the Nazis again? <laughs> you've gone back. I mean, they are the worst. Nazis fucking suck. Everyone. Yeah. We're never going to do a positive review of Nazis. I promise. <laughs> be quite a turn for this podcast they were some very good questions and uh, that was a very good episode and i had a wonderful time so thank you very much for for tuning in everybody um i hope you enjoyed our our chat on morbius and i, I hope you go and check it out again and or or don't that's that's totally fine too but uh please do reach out let us know what you thought um and we'll see you uh, uh next time um on the 15th and uh, where we'll be talking about something else and um addy love you too man that was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. And um, we'll see you next time for, for something else fun. And remember, stay amazing and stay safe. Morbin time. Yeah.